0: This show is designed to give general information related to investing in finance. Neither Aaron Katzman, his guests, nor the radio station are rendering legal, tax, or specific investment advice. If you need such advice, contact a licensed advisor. And welcome to the Aaron Katzman Show. I'm your host, Aaron Katzman. We speak about your life, your money, and your investments. And as always, we're coming to you from the spiritual and soon to be financial capital of the world, Jerusalem, Israel. If you like this content, be sure to hit the like button below. And if you've not yet done so, I encourage you strongly to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Tell your friends, your family, anybody you know, your neighbors, we need subscriptions. We're desperate, okay? We're going to have to do a telephone to get subscriptions if we don't get enough coming up soon. So it is my pleasure to continue on the series that we've been doing on entrepreneurship. And I'd like to introduce Michal Berman. This is a cool one. Michal Berman, who is the owner, art teacher, and art therapist at Tel Aviv Art Studio. She came to New York when she was just 22 years old and served as a lone soldier in the Israel Defense Forces. Following her service, she attended University of Haifa, where she graduated with a master's degree in art therapy. She opened the Tel Aviv Art Studio for a unique unique space for people of all ages, aimed at forming connections between Israelis and New Orleans through art. She also, and here's where it gets really cool, she offers special workshops specifically for soldiers who suffer from PTSD. Okay, we're going to talk about that. And throughout the COVID-19 syndrome, which we're still in, she's collaborated with Soul of Rwanda, Okay, to help kids do educational activities also through art and the like. We're getting to that also. It's my honor to introduce Michal Berman to the show. Hi,
1: I'm very honored to be here.
0: I appreciate that. So let's jump right in because you do a lot of different things. This is very cool. Okay. First of all, how did you get to the how did you get to the whole concept of the Tel Aviv Art Studio?
1: So Tel Aviv art studio is now a baby of mine. Um, It's in the heart of Tel Aviv. But basically, um, while I was studying, I really felt that there was a need, especially in Tel Aviv, for a hub that offered art and offered art making and brought families together um, and really had a space. I met a woman named Natasha Miller-Gutman, who had a concept of Tel Aviv Art Studio, but it wasn't fully formed the way it is now in terms of a huge studio, um, a place for people to come together, Olim, and Israelis, and come make art and really create. And it's really, really exciting. So that's kind of how I formed. Because for me, it was severely lacking when I came here um, in terms of where it is now. So it's really exciting.
0: So it's a place where people can actually do, the right word, do art, right? It's not like we go to a museum and we see art, we can actually make art.
1: Absolutely. So it offers art workshops and art classes and everything and anything from birthday parties to bachelorette parties to uh, embroidery classes, painting classes, mosaic classes, every sort of art form in terms of coming and creating and it's for absolutely beginners who's ne- who've never held a paintbrush before all the way to people who sell their art
0: wow um now let's jump ahead right so you had this program you have this art studio um how did you ever get the idea of working with soldiers who suffer from ptsd
1: That's a really great question. So in 2011, I made Aliyah through Green Tabar and Nefesh B'Nefesh, and I was a lone soldier. And unfortunately, throughout my service as a shooting instructor, I noticed that a lot of um, the men and women in combat were suffering through trauma through the missions, and it wasn't being addressed as much. There was sort of a stigma about being an Israeli man and not getting mental health because it's not talked about. So for me, it was very clear that I knew I wanted to help. And I felt that there was a way to address it through art. And I really see a difference in both group art therapy sessions with them and individual of how art can help. Basically, the way it works in terms of art therapy, it's not so much about the product, it's more about the journey of making the product of kind of painting. And suddenly you see these men and women open up and talk about what happened throughout their service, what happened that gave them trauma, Um, and it's a really, really powerful tool. And I'm incredibly grateful that I get to do what I love because it's not, as far as I know, it's not really um, known so much in Israel in terms of working with this specific population.
0: How did they get to
1: it? A lot of it is word of mouth. Basically, I started here with an organization called belevaha that came to the studio, then it's filed from person to person. And now I also work with um, on Zoom with servicemen and women abroad, like Marines.
0: Wow. So it's not just Israeli, necessarily Israeli. Do you work with soldiers from, from other countries also?
1: Uh, from the U.S.
0: Uh-huh. Wow. That's very, very cool. How many are you able to work with? Like, you know... It's. I mean, we, we sort of know um, therapy through therapists, not necessarily through art therapy, right? So how many are you able to work with, you know, at, so at one given time?
1: I do, I tend to have smaller groups, so everyone has a space to open up. So smaller than 10 each uh-huh. time, make sure that everybody has a sense of feeling comfortable and safe in the space and can speak about what they need to.
0: And just getting back to the, for the more general public, you work with groups of students, Can I just come, can I just pop in with with my family also?
1: Absolutely. I would love for you to bring your family along. We do a lot of family. (laughs) (laughs) We do a lot of family
0: sessions. You regret what you wish for.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A lot, a lot of family sessions, a lot of friends coming in together. The whole point is to kind of bring art to people who haven't made art before. Sometimes it can be really intimidating. Um, there's a sentence I love that says creativity takes courage, and I think that's absolutely true. Coming to a blank canvas, coming to a page, and putting your mark down can be incredibly intimidating. So I try to do it with a lot of fun. For the grown-ups, I also provide wine, which helps definitely helps the creativity. <laughs> um, but in general, <laughs> but in general, I think it's really really remarkable to come after a long day, especially most of the population that comes are either doctors or engineers or working in high tech and coming and doing something different, working your brain in a different way.
0: And somebody who's experienced with art or level of art um, ends with drawing a stick man. Is there what for them to do as well in your studio?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I'm there to guide step by step. Um, What's really remarkable about the studio that's so nice is that we have mixed classes, meaning we have People who are just beginning and people that sell their art and everyone is really 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 supportive of each other and helps each other and we do it all through humor and support and comfort and we make sure that everybody feels comfortable in their level
0: wow really cool so tell us a little bit about soul of rwanda what is it how did you get started with it
1: so a friend of mine rachel went to rwanda and she met these incredible groups of people that basically they're called silver Rwanda they're not even super established in terms of uh, a non-for-profit but these two um, decided that they want to take a lot of the kids that are now on the streets unfortunately and bring them in and teach them skills meaning they teach them yoga they teach them acrobatics and they were looking for people to help teach them skills to kind of get them off the streets because unfortunately a lot of the schools closed down during COVID in Rwanda. So I started with them um, right in the beginning of COVID, and I started teaching them art. And it's really incredible because we don't really share a common language. Um, the kids have no idea what I'm saying. <laughs> so a lot of it is based off of, I would show them on the Zoom screen and I would make sound effects. So suddenly you hear these like 15 or 40 kids sometimes with their pencils and paper, like go chup, 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 choop. And like, that's how we communicate. And the artwork they make is incredible. And I've been holding doing this ever since. Um, once a week, we have our time and they all crowd around a really small phone screen. Wow. And then wow. we dance after. And it's really incredible to see the sort of happiness that they have when they don't necessarily have the means for a lot of other things. You know, sometimes they come without shoes. Sometimes they come from nearby villages but the point is that we all come together once a week and we make art and I try to make them feel as special and as amazing as they can because they are really incredible artists and they are really incredible people and they deserve really the best.
0: Wow that's amazing that's really really cool. But What I'd like to do now is sort of transition to the entrepreneurship side right we're doing an entrepreneurship uh, series sort of a non-high-tech entrepreneurship series so first of all like You made Aliyah at a young age and you opened up an art studio, right? Did you have any business experience or did you sort of just hit the ground flying? Like, how did you do it? None,
1: I had no business experience. I didn't even know how to write a receipt. I had no idea what I was doing. And I think what's really incredible about Israel in general is the way that people connect, people network. Um, I had incredible help by asking people also asking, help asking how do i do this finding an accountant connecting with other Olim, connecting with israelis because people here are really ready to help but i found that this is also sort of it sounds funny to say but this is a land of opportunities in terms of no one um would say to you no you can't do this i just feel like so blessed to be able to come and 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 do this and have a business and Um, Be able to be a woman entrepreneur in Israel, which in the States, I think I would have had a little more uh, fight back against and been a little more unsure of myself here. I'm like, okay, we have to get electricity. Let me call the electricity company. We have to get an accountant. Let's call an accountant. It's not like out of my reach. And I think that's really amazing about Israel because we're relatively more young than other countries in terms of that. And so people are really eager to grow here and connect and help each other. Which I that, find really
0: beautiful. That that's fascinating. We've done um, a bunch of these already, and each person has said that um, they were shocked—not shocked, but the the Israelis are just willing to help, and they're willing to talk. Like they they come, they drive from one end of the country to the other just to have a cup of coffee with you to hear an idea, right? They were really open. You know, the stigma of the Israeli being like a sabra, right? Prickly on the inside, uh, on the outside. But, you know, sort yeah. of sweet on the inside really holds true. They're really, when it comes to, to starting businesses, everybody says the same thing. They're really, really eager um, to help. Um, so, you know, obviously you came from a foreign culture. You probably didn't dream that you would own, you would own a business in Israel, right? And there are all kinds of pitfalls, whether it's the language or just conducting business in sort of a foreign culture. It could be you did it here, you did it in... Hong Kong, right? In certain respects, that you're not doing it in New York, right? It, it makes a difference. Talk about those challenges and and pitfalls and, 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 you know, how you sort of have made it past that.
1: Listen, I'm going to be a thousand percent honest because I wish someone was honest with me. Um, I went and I opened an art studio. No one is making millions in an art studio. When I told my parents that this is my path and this is my dream, they were like, um are you sure? (laughs) Um, And the thing is, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure it was going to succeed. I'm still, sometimes there are mornings I wake up and I'm like, oh, is this going to work? Is this not going to work? But I think that the big picture of how it it works is the fact that I really believe in it. I believe in the people that come. I believe in myself and I believe that I can do this, but there are pitfalls. There are stops. There are things that worked less well. And I think that's Um, I wish someone had told me, don't be scared of that. That's how you're going to grow. That's how you're going to learn. During COVID, um, I was doing really well and I was really proud of myself until COVID and COVID hit and I was like, like so many other businesses, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Most of my friends that are entrepreneurs as well, unfortunately, had to close their business during COVID. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I had to really think outside the box and Um, We thought of delivering art packages and doing videos to instruct how to make a canvas, how to paint on a canvas, how to have your own paint night at home with a glass of wine. Um, So kind of thinking outside the box, I suddenly started doing Zoom sessions. Actually, the Zoom sessions were so cool because I did like a Valentine's Day Zoom session. I had a couple from Egypt join me, a couple from Italy join me, and couples from here. And suddenly there was this whole network of connections that as I was looking at COVID as this, obviously it's a horrible thing, but um, as this lack of opportunity, I sort of forged other opportunities throughout that. So I think being a business owner is also being able to look outside the box and not fearing the fact that maybe one road is blocked, trying to think around it.
0: That's cool. And that's what you have to do, right? We, I, When I interview people after or during COVID, I always used to speak about if they were able to find the opportunity within w- within COVID, right? How you can sort of transition your business or whatever it is you're doing to sort of take advantage of, of the situation. Obviously, there are a lot of, you know, a lot of people lost their businesses, like you said, lost their jobs, um, but there were a lot of people who were able to sort of thrive and they sort of were able to, you know, sort of find their inner selves and pull out whatever it was, right? Survival mode or whatever um, and, and continue on. I know for myself, you know, the fact that I was able to start a business here in Israel, again, foreign culture and whatever, um, makes it a little bit sweeter that I was able, at least until now, to sort of succeed. How are you define success? I guess that I'm still half a business. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that? Sort of just like they say in Hebrew, that there's a good word called sipuk, right? Sort of the inner uh, satisfaction, I guess, that you get for doing it somewhere else, right? I think my inner
1: sipuk comes from there's a really special moment that sometimes happens during my classes um especially my morning class my morning class i have a lot of mothers that are all either on maternity um leave or they're just kind of getting their footing back after giving birth but i have this really special morning class where i have um a religious jewish mom and a religious muslim mom come and make art and these women would have never met otherwise Mm -hmm. and they come Mm -hmm. and they speak and regardless of all their um all these differences they have they're able to talk about um the way they raise their children they're raised they talk about recipes they're all making art together I think that's incredibly incredibly amazing that people that would have otherwise not met now have this connection through art and connection through humanity and I know that's a big thing to say but that gives me support Seeing that Israelis and Olim that maybe wouldn't have met because that was a big issue for me when I first met Ali. It was really hard for me to connect to Israelis, mm-hmm. and I was saying, "What are all my friends going to be American?" Um, yeah. So now the, the art studio kind of serves as a place for people from all over the world. And in one class, we have someone from Russia, from Ukraine, from uh, um, you know uh, Argentina coming together and doing something together and i think that's really really powerful so that's my sipuk
0: very cool well, what tips would you give somebody who who's thinking of starting a business here
1: oh that's a great question i think my first tip would be to do research figure out what's the mar- like what does the market look like does the market need another sort of whatever business you want to offer next thing is even if it doesn't look promising that's okay have that in mind, make connections, go out to Friday night dinners, go mingle, go call that person and it sounds really funny and say hey, your cousin gave me this number and I'm looking for a, do you have any ideas? Um, Because Israel, like we said before, Israelis are really eager to help and through those connections, it's amazing. The way I found my studio um, is totally funny is I was looking for a studio, a brick and mortar place, and I couldn't find anything. I went to something like 40 studios and nothing looked promising. And then I saw somebody who's a construction worker sitting outside and like a crazy person, I followed him. And I saw this amazing place that was sort of empty. They were doing construction. I went to talk to him and he didn't speak Hebrew or English. So I was like and tried in my best Arabic to (laughs) to say, speak to the owner and I convinced the owner that he needed an art studio there. So I think that's kind of the attitude that I have is go get them. And that's what I recommend to people. Don't let anyone stop you. In this time, in this place, you can do it. You just have to figure out how to do it and really try things. And if it means following someone who's a construction worker, do it. Worst comes the worst, you're gonna know and you try a different way.
0: Right. The worst they can say, that's the I think the key the Worst somebody can say is no. So you hear no. Right? We hear no all the time. Anyway, what's another? <laughs> um, so the last question is obviously a lot of po- both potential and sort of re- relatively new, newly minted Olim tune um, an end to into the show. Would you, and a lot of them are like, well, you know, maybe I have this idea, but maybe I should get settled and I'll get a nine to five job and I'll get into the rat race. Do you think, you know, somebody who's making Alia, would you encourage them to, to, you know, go for it and, you know, go the entrepreneurial way and start their own business?
1: Absolutely. I would definitely, definitely, if you have a dream, go for it. But that being said, I would say, be smart about it. If you need to work a couple of months in a different job while you raise profits, while you figure out exactly your business plan, do it. It doesn't mean, it's not to discourage you, but it's to think practically about how to do it.
0: It's sort of like the first step of being an entrepreneur in Israel. So you have to be sort of creative and think out of the box. Somebody came to me the other day and they wanted to buy a business and they were working a nine to five job, but they wanted to sort of transition. And I said, you know what, keep your job knock yourself out work really really hard but do this other side business right when you get home from work put five six hours into it it's not easy but get it up and running so that you can transition right you don't they these people had a family right you had some kids whatever so you can keep the salary keep the income coming in and then slowly move it over and then you know start your own business when you're when you're already running not sort of uh, starting from scratch
1: Absolutely. You're exactly a thousand percent right. A couple of months ago, um, I started a women's entrepreneur group for Olot that came and have their own business. We mm-hmm. meet every other mm-hmm. month. And these are the things we discuss how you get into. We have women that have been in their business for years and women that are thinking of opening up a business and not sure how to do it. But we're there to encourage everybody. And these are the type of things we raise. What would it look like to be at a nine to five job and doing what we love on the side? Um, and can those things go together? It's really important questions they're raising.
0: Wow, that's cool. Too bad I didn't know about that in the beginning. We would have spoken about that also. I think that's really interesting the women's uh, entrepreneurial group, but we'll, we'll speak about it another time. Uh, Michal, thanks so much for coming on. How, once again, how can people get in touch with you?
1: Through Tel Aviv Art Studio on Instagram, on Facebook, and our website.
0: And we'll put those uh, addresses and whatever, all that information. Uh, on the notes of the show as well. Michal Berman, thanks so much for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me, I'm very excited.
0: You're very welcome. You've been tuning in to The Aaron Katzman Show, where we speak about your life, your money, and your investments. Be sure to like this video, and if you've not yet done so, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll speak to you soon.